welcome back everyone to another episode of blind boys politics i'm nicholas rod here and we have chris baker with us as well as always chris why don't you read us the weather to start out in los angeles rainy in 61 along with a partly cloudy weekend houston texas rainy in 74 and rain all weekend Chicago, Illinois, partly cloudy, 23, along with a partly cloudy weekend. In New York City, partly cloudy, 45, and a partly cloudy weekend. Chicago is actually not precipitating for once. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. It's called precipitation, Nick. Um, well, that's not the verb for it, rain, though. Or rain, you know, us or in the snow. weather business, like they call it rain precipitating in general no rain no snow nick i'm the weatherman uh-huh we like to call it not raining you're a professional that's the professional <laughs> that's the professional terminology it's not raining all right i can tell you it's freezing <laughs> just a tad 23 mm. would not want to be there no 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 because you gotta imagine that's gotta be a bitter 23 too it's the, the windy city. It, yeah, that. I don't know. You know I don't want to know. I'm gonna stay here where it's probably 40 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in the 40s, upper 30s, where we are. Good enough. Since I'm not it. lucky to live in Houston. Yeah, or Los Angeles. Well, I don't know if I want to live in either one of those places right now, like COVID. But, like, just give us your temperatures. Yeah, bring the temperatures over here, and then everything's good. But besides with the with all the weather stuff going on, Chris, how have you been this week? I'm doing good. It's Friday. It is. It is. Although I have to say, at least for me personally, this week's been going by very smoothly, very easily and quickly well good for you nick (laughs) (laughs) i take it not the same for you it's been a busy week that's all i can say yeah that's all i'm gonna say and that's all i can say but what i can tell you is uh inauguration day was wednesday it's no longer president-elect, it's President Biden. He was sworn in as the 46th president of the United States and Kamala Harris as the 49th vice president of the United States. Vice President Harris broke some records uh, by being sworn in as vice president on Wednesday, including being the first woman as vice president and also being the first woman of color as vice president. Both President Biden and Vice President Harris were sworn in just a little before noon, and everything went according to plan. Clinton, Bush, Obama were all in attendance. Former President Donald Trump was not. He left to go to Mar-a-Lago earlier in the day, which we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. Before we get to that, um, since... Harris was sworn in as vice president. She had to resign from her place in Senate as a representative of California, which she did in a two-sentence letter to the governor, 
Gavin Newsom in California. And Chris will read that for us now. Dear Governor Newsom, I hereby resign as Senator from the state of California, effective January 18th, 2020 at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As I assume my duties as a Vice President of the United States, I would like to thank the people of California for the honor of serving them in the U.S. Senate over the past four years. So this does mean, of course, that she's stepping away from the seat that she has held for four years. Uh, She's not removed from the Senate completely, though. Um, Since she is the vice president, she will be acting as the president of the Senate. And, of course, this Um, makes the vice president the only elected official to be part of both the executive branch and the legislative branch of the U.S. government. The Senate is now a 50-50 split between the Democrats and the Republicans. She will be the tiebreaker on split legislation. Governor Newsom has already appointed her replacement. He was the California Secretary of State, Alex Padilla. He will serve out the last two years of Harris's former seat. Mr. Trump left Wednesday morning a little before 10 a.m. This breaks a 150-year tradition. Instead, he attended a farewell send-off for himself at St. Base Andrews. He spoke for about 10 to 15 minutes before getting on Air Force One. And we have a little clip of that right here. This week, we inaugurate a new administration and pray for its success. We built the greatest political movement in the history of our country. We fixed our broken trade deals. We built the greatest economy in the history of the world. We reignited America's job creation. I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Record low unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women, almost everyone. Signed the largest ever expansion of funding for child care and development. We confirmed three new justices of the United States Supreme Court, the Space Force. We obliterated the ISIS caliphate. I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. And this is the last time we heard from Mr. Trump while he was still the president of the United States. So during the days leading up to uh, the inauguration of Joe Biden, there was a lot of talk going on about, um, you know, a lot of talk going on about pardons. Um, If Mr. Trump would pardon anyone, if he would pardon himself, his family and all that. Well, on Wednesday morning, he pardoned 143 people. Uh, He does have the constitutional right to do this. There's, only one exception to this, and that's that he can't um, he can't pardon anyone who's been impeached. The power to pardon someone is very broad. Um, you can pardon anyone facing any federal crimes, not any state crimes. Um, there's two types of pardons. The most popular ones are a full pardon, which erases all federal crimes against them, and the punishment. It's like the crime never happened. 
Then there is commutations where the punishment it's reduced. So in other words, like uh, someone was facing the death penalty, their sentence would be reduced down to spending life in prison. Based off of the last four presidents, Mr. Clinton pardoned 396 people. Mr. Bush pardoned 186. Mr. Obama pardoned 212. And Mr. Trump, the least, 144 pardons. Now, the Trump White House spokesperson said that Mr. Trump did leave a letter for President Biden. This is a tradition that's been going on since 1989 when uh, Ronald Reagan left a letter for uh, his successor, George W. Bush. We don't know what's in the letter. Um but President Biden did say that it was very generous, and he also said that he will not be releasing the contents of the of the letter until him and Mr. Trump speak. President Biden did get right down to business Wednesday afternoon, right after the inauguration. They got right to business at 5.15 p.m. He signed 17 total executive orders presidential actions and agency directives, including a 100-day mask mandate on all federal properties, restructuring the federal government coordination with the pandemic response, rejoining the World Health Organization, extending the eviction and foreclosure moratorium until the end of March 31st, continuing the pause on federal student loan payments and interest until September 30th, rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, revoking revoking gas development at wildlife monuments, actions to advance racial equality through the federal government, count non-citizens in the census, reversing a Trump administration policy not to count non-citizens in the census. Strengthen workplace discrimination protections based on sexual orientation and gender orientation. Uh, Defending dreamers by fortifying the DACA policy. Ending the Trump administration's Muslim travel ban. Stop the border wall construction. Reversing Trump administration arrest priorities for immigration and custom informant. President Biden will announce his climate change action plan on January 27th. January 28th, announce his health care action plan. January 29th, immigration action plan. And February 1st, national security plan. Hey guys, Nick here. So just wanted to put in a little editor's note. Between the time of recording the episode and the time of editing, President Biden did sign 10 executive orders and two presidential memos, so we will be going into details about those on Monday, but just figured we'd let you guys know now, and uh, let's get back into the episode. But moving forward, the Senate was back at work on Wednesday. They were gaveled into session by Vice President Harris. She administered the oath of office, 
to three new senators. Uh, these were Senator Raphael Warnock, a Democrat from Georgia. The next is Senator John Ossoff, a Democrat also from Georgia. And Senator Alex Padilla from California, and he is also a Democrat. After they were sworn in, it officially made the Democrats have the majority, even though it is slim. This also meant Senator Chuck Schumer became the Senate Majority Leader and Mitch McConnell becoming the Senate Minority Leader. So the Senate does have an immediate agenda ready to go for um, things they want to, you know, just keep priority of. So the first area they must cover is to vote on confirming President Biden's cabinet members. Uh, as of the time of this recording, only one member has been confirmed, and that's Avril Haines as the director of national intelligence. The vote for that was 84 to 10. Then Biden's stimulus proposal must be sent over to Congress uh, for debate and vote as soon as possible. And as of now, it is unclear as to when the articles of impeachment against former President Trump will be sent to the Senate so they can start that trial. Wednesday evening, the Biden administration had their first press briefing. The press secretary is Jen Psaki, and we have a little clip of the highlights from that. I have deep respect for the role of a free and independent press in our democracy and for the role all of you play. Um, as I noted earlier, there will be moments when we disagree, and there will certainly be days where we disagree uh, for extensive parts of the briefing, even perhaps. But we have a common goal, which is sharing accurate information with the American people. What I plan to do is not just return these daily briefings Monday through Friday, not Saturdays and Sundays. I'm not a monster. But, uh, on, uh, but also to return briefings with our health officials and public health officials. It also has money to reopen schools, which I know as a mother impacts all of us. So what's challenging is what are you going to cut? Are you going to cut funding for vaccinations? Are you going to cut funding for unemployment insurance? Are you going to cut funding for reopening schools? And he's going to leave the mechanics, the timing, and the specifics of how Congress moves forward on impeachment to them. This administration has said there will be a press briefing every weekday for the foreseeable future. So I would imagine most press briefings, if there's something important, we will be talking about it in the next episode of the little highlights, just like the one we just played two seconds ago for you. But Nate, let's get into some rapid news. All right. So first off is that 400,000 people have now died from COVID-19 as of Tuesday. We will have a full COVID update on Monday. Mr. Trump extended protection on his adult children and three top officials before he left office Wednesday morning. Nick, tell me some good news. There's been a lot going on this week. There's got to be some good news in the world. All right. So this story just came out a few days ago, but it goes, it takes place just before Christmas. 
So one night, a little before Christmas here, a police officer had gotten a call uh, for shoplifting at a nearby store. So he went to go check it out, and it turned out to be these two women. And uh, one of the women had her two children with her, and when he went to go talk to them, it actually turned out that the items that they had stolen were items to try and help, you know, make a Christmas dinner for the two children because uh, both these women had fallen upon like hard times because of COVID-19 and everything. And so they didn't have enough money to pay for it all. So they, so they stole the items. Well, instead of arresting either of the two women, he uh, gave them no trespassing forms for the store that they were at. But he then went into the store and bought $250 worth of gift cards with his own money for them to take to um, a different location for the same store chain so that they could buy an entire Christmas dinner for the two, the two, chil- the, the two ch- children. Holy crap. Yeah. That's, that's like... $250 is a lot of money, especially around Christmas time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the police officer, he did a, a short little interview. And one of the things he said was that the two children reminded him of his kids. And he just couldn't bear the thought of, of you know, them going without Christmas dinner or having their mother arrested or anything like that. So right, that really... That's a really good story. I like that story. Actually. Yeah, that that really helped him like uh, make that decision to do that for them. Well, that is the end of this Friday morning news episode. I hope you all have a great weekend. Um, make sure you follow us on all social media. The links are down in the show notes. If you have a story for us that you want us to cover, DM us on Twitter, and we will talk about it Monday morning. And if you want to know all the breaking news going on in the country, make sure you follow us on the Blind Boys Politics account for the latest breaking news. Until Monday morning, see you guys. See ya.